The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it is already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There are only two miracles that are recorded in all four Gospels. The first one is probably obvious. That would be the resurrection of our Lord the way every one of those four Gospels ends. But the other one is the one that we just heard, the feeding of the multitude. Not only is it found in every Gospel, but whereas the resurrection is accounted four times, once in each Gospel, this miracle we actually have six accounts of because in Matthew and Mark, there is a second feeding of 4,000 people. Clearly, this experience in the life of Jesus' followers was a central experience to their life of faith in Christ and was central somehow to the proclamation of the gospel. Ever since the earliest days, it's been understood that this really was a story about significance. It was a sign. And its associations with the Eucharist seem to be fairly clear, even though there's no upper room, there's no words of institution, there's no cup of wine, And there's no indication that this miracle happened anywhere near the Passover, the way the Last Supper did. However, there are two things that make that association clear. One is what is often referred to as the fourfold action of the Eucharist. Taking, giving thanks, breaking, and giving. We see that in the feeding of the multitude, and we hear it in the prayer of consecration, Sunday by Sunday, 
and we experience it for ourselves. And that's the second way we see that association, because week by week, in a very real way, this miracle takes place. When we come here to God's altar, the food, a little bit of bread and a little bit of wine is taken, it's blessed, the bread is broken, and it is distributed, and a multitude of people are filled and satisfied. Now, as I was uh, kind of preparing for this sermon today, I went to uh, the commentary that my New Testament professor, Reginald Fuller, uh, famed Anglican scholar of the New Testament in the mid to late 20th century, um, and he points out that the Greek word here, when it says they ate and were satisfied, the word for satisfied in Greek is a very strong word that means stuffed full. They weren't just filled. They were stuffed full. Think about Thanksgiving dinner. Okay? You got the turkey, you got the stuffing, you've got the mashed potatoes, you've got the gravy for all that, you've got the sweet potatoes, and you've got your green vegetable, and if you're native to this area, you've got the sauerkraut, and then you've got the apple pie and the pumpkin pie, and by the end of it all, oh, you are stuffed full. And that's what we believe happens here, Sunday by Sunday. We receive grace abundant. We are stuffed full of grace. That's a marvelous image, isn't it? It's so easy to get distracted and lose focus in this miracle, to get distracted by what happened physically, where five loaves and two fish feed 5,000 men and who knows how many women and children along with them in addition to that. In fact, when one focuses on that, it becomes such an incredible miracle that from practically the beginning, people were trying to explain it away one way or another, or at least make it more palatable for human belief. You know, it really wasn't 5,000 people, it was just a lot of people. That's a way of saying that it was just a lot of people. And, and there weren't two feedings. They were really one and the same, and they kind of got separated somehow because Matthew and Mark wanted to make their point. And then there's the famous picnic theory of the feeding of the multitude, that somehow under the power of Jesus preaching and seeing this young boy who we know is the ultimate source of the loaves and the fishes from the Gospel of John, brings this and, and gives it to Jesus, everybody's heart was opened. And they really had brought food, many of them, and they were kind of being selfish about it, but they suddenly become very generous, and there's more than enough for everybody. Hmm. You know, in my very, very first parish, first year of my ministry beyond seminary, I was appointed because um, I was a Methodist there and they have the appointment process, um, to a very small parish outside at Damascus. And one day during Bible study, um, 
the, somebody recounted an experience that they had had not too long before. It was before I came, but it was not too long before. They were at a covered dish dinner, and there was this basket of chicken. And everybody had gone through the line and taken the chicken, and this one table, somebody said, I'm going to see if there's any more chicken. So he went back, and there were two pieces in the basket. So he took one, went back to the table, and the other one, another person said, was there any more? And he said, well, there, there's one left. Um, and so he went to get that piece of chicken, and he gets to the basket, and there's two pieces of chicken. So he takes one, and he takes it back to the seat, and he said, there were two pieces in there. So somebody else went and found two pieces of chicken. And I don't know, I can't remember how many times this happened, but they were just sure that God had multiplied that chicken. And you know what? These were people of such simple faith, like the faith of the child, that Jesus says we cannot enter the kingdom of God without having, that I thought, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to question this. And in fact, for the rest of my 40 years of ministry, when food would start to run low at a covered dish dinner, I'd kind of ponder in my own heart whether maybe, maybe, just maybe, God would do this again, and I could see it this time. <laughs> You know, the point is, Jesus himself said, don't get distracted by what's happening in the physical sphere. Because the God of all creation can do anything he wants to do with the physical sphere of this universe. We know that Jesus told his disciples that they were focusing on the wrong thing, Two chapters later, after that second feeding, they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus says to them, beware the leaven of the scribes and the Pharisees. And the disciples are just sure that he's realized that, yet again, they've forgotten to bring some bread. And, of course, Jesus realizes what they're thinking, and he said, oh, man, don't you get it? How many basketfuls did you take up when the 5,000 were fed? They said 12. Think 12 tribes of Israel. How many were left over when, you, when we fed the 4,000? They said seven. Now, those are symbolic in their own way because the 4,000, the four corners of, of the earth, we still talk in those terms every once in a while. And seven being the perfect number meant the fullness of the Gentiles. And he says, do you still not understand? Now, Matthew says, yes, in the end they did get it. He under they understood that he was referring not to physical bread, but to the teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees. As contrast to his own teaching, that offered abundant grace for all, Jew and Gentile. And so, Jesus himself says, watch your focus. 
The physical is nothing. It's what's happening in your relationship with God. And so what we really need to learn from these miracles is how to um, follow that child who brought the little that he had. Bringing the little that he had, Jesus took it and made it more than enough for everybody present. Another commentary that I use when I prepare for my sermons um, is written uh, anonymously, and so I can't give credit to whoever wrote this. But I'd like to read what this person said about the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding is not the main miracle. A little boy offered his lunch a clearly inadequate five loaves and two fish. Jesus took what was offered, blessed it, and made it adequate to meet the need. This is the deeper miracle of Jesus Christ. When we have but a little faith and we offer it to Jesus, he makes it adequate to meet the need. When we have a little strength and offer it to Jesus, he makes it adequate to meet the need. When we have but a little courage and offer it to Jesus, he makes it adequate to meet the need. When we offer whatever we have, inadequate as it may be, he makes it adequate. And I would say more than adequate, he makes it abundantly adequate for all. And so let us hear those words from our Old Testament lesson this morning. Ho, everyone who is hungry, come and eat. Without money, without price. Remember, all you need to do is bring what you can. And Jesus will bless it and make it adequate until we are fully stuffed with abundant grace, not only at the Eucharist on Sunday morning, but for the whole of our lives in Christ. Amen. Amen.